Here we go. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast, where we share stories of personal transformation and life lessons through our experiences of traveling and exploring the world. Travel is the ultimate accelerator for personal growth, and it can be the root catalyst for the pivots and plot twists we make in our lives. I'm your host, Kelly Tolliday, and it's my mission to inspire you to live life to its fullest, travel with an open mind and heart, and let the world show you a new perspective. I'm so grateful you're here with us today, so let's dive right in. Happy exploring. All right, here we go. Welcome, Zoe, to the pod. So excited to have you here. So I, excited to be here. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> we have known each other for well over a year now, I believe, in the same alternative wellness uh, space. And we've been working together on local events here in South Florida and really being able to dive deep into the world of astrology and, and sharing with our community what you're passionate about, which is astrology and tarot. And you are a professional astrology reader and tarot reader here in South Florida. You also do online readings, which is amazing. I know we've done Zoom readings before. And so it's a great way for people really all over the world to be able to connect with you and and share in your passion and learn more about their charts and a little bit about what the stars say in their future. But yeah, I would love to just open this time up for you to share a little bit about your background, like where you're from and your passion for astrology and how that all started and how that, you know, ties into your love for travel and and all the good things. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to talk about the two things that I love the most in the world, which are travel and astrology, and then my boyfriend, which is third. <laughs> but so I started my astrology business in 2020 because I was a waitress for years. And I loved being a waitress because I it gave me the ability to travel whenever I you know, whenever I wanted to. And I just felt fine with it, you know. But sort of by divine intervention, I guess, I started to get really, really interested in astrology, maybe in 2018. And it was just something I did on the side, something that I did for friends of mine and my boyfriend and everything like that. And then I was working and and everything closed and I was bored and I wasn't making any money. And I was like, well, what can I do? I'm like, well, maybe maybe people would want astrology readings, you know? So I started to post about it on Instagram and post my knowledge and my insights and offer readings very at a very low cost, just really because I wanted something to do. And it sort of snowballed from there. I took a lot of courses, you know, through that time too, because I had the leisure time to do it. I was doing like readings for people. I was getting really good feedback. And then when it was time to go back to work, I was like, I'm not going to go back to work. <laughs> I'm going to make this work because it's something that I really love and I'm passionate about and I'm good at it. And I realized that through this weird COVID experience. Uh, and so that's how I started my professional astrology business. And I really started meeting people in the Fort Lauderdale community and doing in-person events, which was great because I met people in real life that were interested in the same things that I was interested in. I was able to hone my craft through doing readings in person, which I feel like is much more. I love doing online readings because I can reach many more people, but Having that time to do in-person readings, I think, is really nice as well. So that's where it started for me. Um, And then so how it sort of intersects with my love for travel, not that it intersects, but it's still, I always said I never want a job that does not allow me the time or the space and the funds to be able to travel when I want. That's something that I love. And this astrology business gives me the ability to do that too, because I'm my own boss. Gives you like the freedom to choose when you work, where you work. And you could even technically work while you're away too, because you can do online work. And so how did the tarot get involved? If you can explain a little bit, because I know we're going to talk a lot about astrology during the session, but if you could explain like a little bit about what tarot is for those who are listening that have 
no idea. I've never yeah. heard of it. Basically, tarot is a form of divination where it's cards that have pictures on them and they sort of tell a story. And so you ask a question. Usually with tarot, it's a, it's better to stay less specific, sort of more general in my in the way that I practice it. Um, and then tarot will kind of just like read the energy and give you the message that you need to hear. I always think that tarot doesn't tell us anything that we don't already know. Mm. It just is reflected back to us through a different, you know, conduit. Either it's me or you're reading for yourself and you're sort of seeing your position or your uh, situation from a different perspective. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful form of divination. Awesome. Yeah. And with the astrology, also for those who don't know a lot about astrology. Could you give just give a little like basics 101 of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know we could go for like five episodes Definitely. based just on just on the <laughs> basics. <laughs> but for someone who has never heard of it before, what would what how would you describe that? There are many, many schools of astrology, different ways to interpret the planetary movements. And it's actually a form of divination and sort of like sky study that's been around in every Culture and recorded history has studied astrology in some way, some form of astrology. It goes back thousands and thousands of years. And so it basically is the interpretation of planetary movements from our position here on Earth, literally how they look. You know, it's sort of because before there were telescopes or computers, people were just watching the movements of, say, the moon and seeing how when the moon is is full, there are culmination points in people's lives. People are much more emotional and there can be outbursts and then the moon gets smaller and we have a new moon and, you know, new new ideas begin to emerge or bloom and just literally like watching, watching the sky. And then, of course, it's become much more technical, but it's still the same. It's the same uh, property as what is happening in the sky affects us here on earth as above, so below. And whereas tarot is much more, in in my opinion, again, everybody is different, but tarot has much more uh, wiggle room. It's much more open to interpretation. Astrology is very detailed and very specific. Yeah. And I can imagine that would have taken a lot of time and study on your part to really hone in on your skills. Yeah. I think as an astrologer, you're never done learning. But for me, I'm never done learning. And that's the beauty of it. Astrology can be extremely maddening, too, because it's confusing. You know, we all have birth charts. And so most people are very familiar with their sun sign, which is obviously will tell you a lot about, you know, your your ego and your identity and how you kind of get your needs met or move through the world. But there's so much more than that. And each of our charts, they're like snowflakes. You know, they're all different, uh, but also they're very nuanced. And so there can be a, a few aspects in the chart that say one thing, and then there are other aspects that contradict that. But we are contradictory, nuanced people. So it can be very sort of confusing, but in a beautiful way. And there's always like another rabbit hole to go down and explore. So yeah, I'll never stop learning yeah. astrology. And what has that been like for you working with people one-on-one? It can almost feel like, I mean, I've had a couple sessions with you, not just for my own chart, but also for my daughters, which has been yes. such a cool experience. <laughs> it was so cool. But it could almost, I'm sure, feel like a therapy session. People were probably unloading a lot on you oh, or wow. asking, should I break up with my boyfriend? Should yeah. I move? And it's like, whoa, that's a very specific, very, uh, like you said, nuanced decision. Yes. How do you handle that kind of pressure? So I do feel that the readings that I do and that anybody, I mean, I've had readings, re, a reading, readings, and they feel like therapy sessions, but they are that way because you're really getting to know this person very intimately. And so I always really try to create like a, a very open and accepting and safe space, for lack of a better word, you know, for people to really open up to me. And sometimes they'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like unloading on you. I'm like, that's what this is for, you know? So sometimes it's very overwhelming for me energetically, emotionally. It doesn't mean that I don't love it, but I used to do like 
six or seven readings in a day. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just too much. And it I think it does a disservice to my to my clients too. Mm. So I try to like candles. I try to in my office set the mood, set the tone to just protect my energy as much as I can and to be open for the other person. The thing is that if if someone asks me a specific question, it's not number one, I try not to give my opinion, even though I have opinions. I'm human, you know, but I try not to give my opinion. I say based on the astrology, this would be the most favorable, a favorable path to take. There's a possibility for this. I try to leave it open for them, you know, because astrology is the synergizing or the merging of fate and free will. Both are happening at the same time, you know, so it's not like everything is totally in stone laid out for us. And there are no, even with with astrology, with tarot, with psychic readings, there are no definitive answers, I don't think. It's, I just want to give people the tools to make the best decisions for themselves. Yeah, That's, I really, really love, I've heard you say that before in some of our community events, the synergy of free will and fate. Yes. And it, I think that just really sums up the human experience, really, if you believe in a higher power, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that just hand everything over to that higher power and, oh, well, I, I'm just the victim. There's I don't have any say in this. Or there's some people that don't believe in any sort of higher power at all, whatever whatever that sounds like, looks like, prays like to you. But there's some people that don't believe in anything at all. And it's like, well, I control everything. Right. And like, it's totally meeting in the middle. And when you find that little sweet spot of finding that meat in the middle, I think it allows for a lot of ease and a lot of grace and a lot of surrender in your life, Yeah, which it sounds like you're a pretty avid traveler. It, you definitely yes. need to have a lot of ease and grace and surrender as you travel. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of fate and there's a lot of free will, but you can't control everything. And you got to have some semblance of you know, a plan while you're traveling or else sometimes things go crazy. Yeah. How how does that play out for you when you travel? Are you like kind of go with the flow? Do you like to have a plan for everything? How does you taking your practice of teaching this fate and free will (laughs) mixture play out for you while you travel? So I am a self-described control freak. I really, I really am. (laughs) I'm I'm right over here too. Don't worry. (laughs) I have a real problem with control. I'm a Taurus sun, Scorpio rising. Okay, so I have a lot of fixed energy. Fixed signs hold on to things. But it depends on the trip. So you asked in the beginning how astrology and travel intersect for me. I will tell you how sort of astrology played a part in me uh, really finding myself and having my first aha moment through travel. Mm. When I was 28, I was into astrology, but not as nearly as deep as as I am now, of course, I knew that we're more than just our sun sign. I read my horoscope. I knew I was doing the first initial studies to, to get to that depth. And when I was 28, I started to go through a real, I remember I wrote my journal because I keep copious journals actually. And I wrote like, I feel like something is coming. Like I feel this deep internal restlessness that something is going to happen. And little did I know that Uranus, which is this planet that uh, represents expansion, not even expansion, sudden change, mm. redirection. It's the piercing sword of truth. It it's, gives you this inner sense of restlessness, like where you want to break free of anything that feels limiting or restricting. Mm. It is a outer planet. We can't see it with the naked eye. It spends eight years in a sign, and it's a very intense energy. So little did I know when I was feeling this, Uranus was about to come into a conjunction, which is with my son. A conjunction is when two planets are very close to each other and their energies are linked or meshed or merged, right? So the sun is the self. It's me. It's my ability to act out in the world. It's my identity. And Uranus was there like, listen, I quit my job. I was going through really crazy stuff with my boyfriend, this situationship I was in, who is my boyfriend now. But it was weird. You know, it was like everything seemed like it was in flux and moving. 
And I had traveled before and I loved it. I'd fallen in love with it when I was 25. We can talk about that if you'd like. But I never had traveled solo, like totally alone. But I had always wanted to. I was afraid and I was, I was, afra- I was afraid, you know, to do it. But when I was going through this deep transformation, I got so into Buddhism and I was, my, I went, was going through an identity crisis. I was completely changing who, who I was. And through that, I decided now is the time to go, you know, because that's what Uranus does. You're just so ready. This episode is sponsored by Rising Nature Retreats. Are you feeling called to explore the world, tick off your bucket list, and make lifelong friends along the way? Are you overwhelmed from planning the logistics of your trips or sick of feeling like you need a vacation from your vacation when you return home? Rising Nature Retreats offers world-class travel experiences infused with daily yoga and wellness, personal development workshops, unique adventure and cultural excursions, and holistic local cuisines. Experience the world as you elevate your wellness. Return home feeling rejuvenated and empowered to bring what you learn about other cultures and about yourself back home with you. This is the adventure you've been waiting for. Join us in 2024 to explore Thailand, Portugal, or Greece. Visit risingnatureretreats.com or at risingnatureretreats on Instagram and Facebook for all the brochures and information on upcoming international retreats and local of classes and events in South Florida. So anyway, I booked a one-way ticket to Berlin. No oh plan. Gosh. No wow. plan at all. And my, I had friends that had done this. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. But I don't know if I could do it. I'm a control freak. I don't like any noise when I sleep. And all these things, you know, these rules I put in. But I, I was ready. So I booked the trip. And it, it was this beautiful trip of self-discovery and totally shaking off that need to control, to know, to micromanage every little thing. I booked the trip, uh, literally just booked the ticket to Berlin, the hostel in Berlin, and that was it. I didn't know how long I was going to be gone, and I got there. Again, I kept this journal, and it's and through reading it, it's like really scared in the beginning, and then having all these really beautiful recognitions, like I didn't think I'd make friends. I'm a, I'm a very friendly person, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I had all these fears, and I went to Berlin, and I made all these friends, and then I went from, from there to Prague, and I took buses. I did it real cheap, no plan. And I was at first afraid or fearful that it would freak me out, right? But no, I loved it. I booked like three nights in Berlin and I was like, we'll see. But I loved it. So I stayed for like a week and then I took this long like seven-hour bus to Prague. And I loved Prague and I met all these beautiful people. And then I went to Krakow, Poland uh, on a bus. I went to the concentration camps in Krakow. And I was – I'm in recovery. I don't drink or or do drugs anymore – but I was staying out till six in the morning and going to all these clubs. And I was like, this is it, man. And through in my journal, one of the biggest realizations that I had through that trip was everything is temporary and that's okay. And I know that sounds kind of like, yeah, duh. But I am this person that my whole life I'm clinging to everything, mm-hmm. every person, money. If something's good, I'm like, it has to last forever, even though it doesn't, you know. And through this trip, I'm like getting goosebumps. No. Through this trip. I met all these amazing people and I had these great experiences and I met them. I said goodbye and I'll never see those people again. You know, I went to this restaurant that I liked or this beautiful place outside and and I'll never see that place again. And I knew it in the moment and it was okay. And I said goodbye to it. That was the most life-changing trip of my entire life. Mm -hmm. It was, I ended up being gone for six weeks and I did Prague, Budapest, Milan, Slovenia. Went to Lake Blake because I met these guys in Prague and they're like, we're going to Slovenia. So I'm like, all right, I'll go. 
and and just all the things that I feel I need, you know. I had maybe five outfits that I just kept wearing and I think like I have to look like this when I travel and I have to take these pictures and I can't repeat an outfit. That's all BS, yeah. you know. <laughs> it didn't matter. And it made me feel really empowered too, which again could maybe sound corny, but I don't care because it did. It was like I've navigated myself alone, like no help, just my little phone app and Flixbus and Hostel World and, you know, Rainair or whatever, like the cheap airlines. And I did it. You know, you could drop me anywhere and I could do anything. That's how I felt at the end of that trip. I can do anything. I can make friends anywhere. And it was extremely like it was the best. So that was those are some really beautiful realizations I've had through solo travel. And the first time that I actually went to Europe, I was 25. Mm. So I got clean when I was 21. I was young, but it was definitely time. And then, you know, working and kind of creating my life here in Florida because I'm from New Jersey. And I had a friend who was, I call her my travel fairy godmother Mm -hmm. because she just did it all before me and I look up to her. So she was going to Greece and I was like, asked me to go. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. So I saved up all my money. We went to Greece. It was a tour. And I was young, so we stayed in these really gross hostels. And But it was fun, you know. Went all around, like, island hopping in Greece, and I fell in love with travel. And that was my thing, you know. So I didn't leave the country till I was 25, but I once I did, I was just hooked. So, and I, after that, at 26, I went to, I met them in Croatia, my friends who were traveling indefinitely. But before I went to Croatia, I was like, well, let me go to Paris for a minute and just by myself. And so that was dipping my toe in at first, and I was like, this is great. And then that big trip at 28 was my first real solo long-term trip. And that was like how astrology played the part was Uranus, breaking me free of those fears, those limiting beliefs, and just giving me the need to be like, yeah, I'll book it. I'll do it now. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's like so much to unpack. I know. I'm sorry. sorry. No, I'm so – I'm stoked. I'm excited. Okay. (laughs) I want to just touch on the travel fairy godmother because I think everyone has that. And I Mm -hmm. do think like any tipping point in your life, there's someone there kind of encouraging you to take the next step or almost kind of daring you to take the next step, challenging you. And it can be very easy to say, no, no, no. I'm building my life here. I'm I'm busy. I got work. I got this. Mm But a lot of the people that I've spoken to over the years is just like there's that one person that they can thank directly. Like you've changed the course of my life just from extending an invitation. So I do think it's such a cool reminder to invite the person, like invite the friend who might not go even, you know, Mm -hmm. invite the person to the party, even if they always say no, because you never know how much it can change their life. I love that you journaled through Mm -hmm. your trip. I think that's such a powerful way of really cementing your mindset of where you were at that time. And even if it's a really challenging time, being able to write that out and have that on paper and just be able to go back and be like, wow, like this is where I was at. And like you said, that transformation of Mm -hmm. feeling restless and unsure of what your next step was and really in like this flux chaos. And then all the way to the end of that six weeks, feeling empowered and confident. It's such a beautiful transformation for you to have been able to have. Yeah. When you realize that Uranus was where it was in your chart at that time. Mm -hmm. Were you already into astrology then and you looked at that and was like, oh, this makes sense? Or was this years later and you were like, okay, I want to take a look at what was happening during that time? Where was your astrology journey during that period? It was scratching the surface. It wasn't nearly as deep. It was maybe the next year where I was like, oh my God, duh. Of course. Of course. It makes total sense. It, that was a, an astrology aha moment for me because a lot of times for me, like I 
I think most people, but you feel things the most when you, when they're personal or you, under, I understand things the most when I can personalize them. I really love talking to people about their Saturn returns because I've been through a Saturn return and I, and Uranus conjunct, if I have a client who has Uranus conjunct their son or about to conjunct their son, sign, <laughs> um, I'm like, okay, let's talk, let's really dive into this. So yeah, it was, it was about a year later. Awesome. So Getting into kind of the nitty gritty of astrology and travel and if someone were to look up their chart. So can you just explain very quickly what the difference is between a birth chart and what a current chart, like what currently you're going through, just so people could know if they're looking up online what they need to look for? Yeah. So a birth chart is all you have to do is put in your birthday, your time of birth and your place of birth. I use whole sign houses. It's easier, but whatever you can. Whole sign houses. Whole sign houses. That's one sign equals one house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But you do that and it gives you a calculates a chart for the planetary positions at the moment of your birth. And so that is the roadmap of your life. Nothing can happen in our lives that isn't already written in the birth chart. So that is a picture of a person, their psyche, their personality, and their direct life experience. Okay. That's the birth chart. Then a transit chart is a bi-wheel, which is your birth chart in the middle and then the current transiting planets set on top and we see how the planets that are moving in the sky right now are interacting with your birth chart. They're like pinging different different planets in your chart. And, you know, we can experience life changes, emotional changes, realizations, whatever, you know, through those transits, the relationships that the moving planets have with our birth chart, which is always stationary. Okay, cool. So with astrology and travel, a lot of people know there's zodiac signs. Like you said, a lot of people know, oh, I'm a Leo. Oh, I'm a Virgo. Yes. But actually, there's so much more. There's so many layers involved with that, that the sun only represents a certain part of your being, a part of who you are. And we don't have to get too much into the nitty gritty. But if someone were to look at their chart, what would they be looking for with signs of, you know, big adventure ahead or moving overseas or mm-hmm. some sort of life transit, maybe not where they're currently living? Are there certain signs in the chart? We were like, those are movers. Those are adventurers. Those are people who like to fly by the seat of their pants type of thing. Or maybe if you can explain a little bit of the houses, what that sure. means, kind of share whatever you'd like to share about it. Yeah. So let's start with signs. There are certain signs. Sagittarius, Sagittarius placements, sun, moon, rising, uh, because Sagittarius, it's the sign, it's depicted by the archer, right? So the archer is like pulling back that arrow and shooting it as far as it can go. Sagittarius is uh, ruled by Jupiter, which is the planet of growth and abundance and travel and adventure and experience, changing your consciousness through new experience. Mm. And oftentimes that's education and travel. So Sagittarius do tend to really enjoy travel. Generally, if they don't like traveling physically, then travel of the mind and and that expansion. And every sign can like to travel, definitely. The fire signs like the movement. So, you know, sometimes fire signs are a little bit more spontaneous and ready to just like book that trip or, mm. you know, do this the thing that they've never done before. And which ones are fire signs oh, again? Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, Sagittarius, Sagittarius, Aries, and Leo. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then in the chart, there are two houses that are associated with travel. So there are 12 houses just to preface, in astrology, they all represent different areas of life, different little microcosms of our lives. And we have the third house, which rules many things, including short distance travel. Okay. So that's car travel, train train travel that's more, you know, not going from like Paris to Milan maybe, but it's short distances, traveling within your community and things like that, taking the bus, 
then the ninth house, which opposes the third house, it's directly opposite, is the house of long distance travel. Mm. So plane travel, international travel, things like that. And both of those houses rule more than just those things. But for these purpose, you know, for this for the purpose of travel, that's where I would look as well as so everyone has an astrology chart with a sign ruling each house. So if, say, for me, my ninth house is ruled by the moon. So whenever the moon, you know, if there's a big transit to my moon, there can that could potentially be, you know, a time where I decide I want to travel or a big full moon, it could be like a realization. Sorry. I've seen for people to kind of take the leap and pull the trigger on an important travel experience would be a, a transit, which is when a moving planet is traversing their ninth house. So say Jupiter is moving through the ninth house, you know, it's sort of like, okay, I'm going to do it because the ninth house is this house of expansion and doing it and going far. The eclipses, eclipses are full and new moons on steroids, I like to say. They're much more powerful than a normal full or new moon. They happen on what are called the nodes, which are these points of intensification. And so if you have eclipses in your third and ninth houses, that can be, I mean, oftentimes that is those are times when people travel more, either for work, for pleasure, depends on other aspects in the chart, but that's a big indicator. Big transit to the ninth or a big transit to your ninth house ruler. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Okay. Because um, I definitely think some people think, oh, it's just the Sagittarius who oh, likes yeah. to travel. And then, but it's like you said, like there's so many more nuances involved. And I think for those who are just starting to get into astrology, you would you might have heard about houses before. And I think that's actually, in my opinion, my my very humble opinion of astrology, <laughs> that's where the bulk of where you start learning so much more about yourself is where different planets and signs are starting to live. Mm. So like you said, if you find something in your third house or your ninth house transiting, like a planet transiting through there, an eclipse mm. in those houses, yes. and that's that's something that you would be looking for if you were starting to look at somebody's chart. Let's say you were doing a reading for me and you were mm-hmm. like, oh, I can see that this is happening in those houses. Yes. I think you might have some big international travel coming up soon or say yes to that big international yes. trip. Yeah. Or if you were to say, you know, like my chart, the moon rules the ninth. So Jupiter or even Venus, like a positive, benevolent, benefic planet, were, you know, crossing over that moon, I'd say, oh, maybe there'll be some, you know, opportunities to travel or say yes to that travel experience. Another one would be, I don't want to get too technical, but there are these, there's an ancient technique called annual perfections. If you've had a reading with me, you know that I use these very strongly. And annual perfections tell us every year of our lives is ruled by a different house. So every year we turn a year older, a different house in our chart Mm. is highlighted and activated. And the themes and topics related to that house are also activated. So if you are in a ninth house perfection year, that's big time for travel too. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. I love that. Awesome. If you were to, obviously, we're highly recommending somebody take a session with you. Oh, yeah. But if somebody was just like listening right now and they're like, I have no idea what I am. I'm really interested. What's something super quick that they could do? Like, is there a website that you recommend just to look at their chart and see that? My favorite would be Astro dash, not slash, seek.com. And it's a free software. It's what I use. And it's got really nice very clear looking charts, super easy to use. And you just put your your birth data in um, the birth chart calculator, switch it to whole sign houses in the drop down menu. And the beautiful thing about AstroSeq um, is that, you know, it kind of will probably look like Chinese to somebody or a language that you don't understand because it is if you're new. So if you scroll to the bottom of the page, it'll give you descriptors of oh, each cool. of the your sign placements, the aspects. It, it gets really detailed. And you can also do a transit chart 
on AstroSeek. That's what I, I use when oh, I'm, cool. I'm doing readings. So it gives you kind of like the cliff notes down below for somebody that's just kind of trying to figure out what all the different symbols and signs mean and yes. everything. Yeah. Okay, awesome. And if you obviously most people know their sun sign, but if there's another planet that you want to dive into, I always suggest the moon because the moon sign is deeply personal. I mean, think the moon comes out at night, you know, when it's a, it represents who we are in private. And not only that, but our instinctual nature and what we need to feel safe and secure and how we nurture and how we he, how we need to receive nurture to feel protected. Mm. And so I remember when I read about my moon sign, I was like, this astrology stuff is definitely hitting. Because I always tell people, if I were to, to describe your sun sign to someone that knew you a little, they would probably be like, yeah, that sounds like Kelly. But if I were to describe your moon sign to someone else, oftentimes I, it, because it's so personal, like your best friend would know, your mom would know, you of course, but it's sort of like who you are when your defenses are down. I always say our moon, we embody our moon sign when we're drunk, you know, because we don't have those walls generally, but it's it's deeply personal. And so you can gain a lot of insight and just a feeling of like, you know, being seen, you know, by, by reading about your moon sign. So that would be my suggestion. And so you mentioned before, you said, I'm a Scorpio sun, a Taurus moon, and something else rising. Mm -hmm. Could you describe, we talked a little bit about the sun being your ego and your outside self, and then your moon is more of that private safe space, your inside self. Yeah. And then what, what, what would rising be for somebody? So yeah, that's the big three. Yeah, big three. Um, <laughs> so I'm a Taurus sun. Oh, Taurus, that was it. Taurus that's sun, okay. yeah. <laughs> Taurus sun, April 20th birthday, right at the beginning of Taurus, Pisces moon, and Scorpio rising. So yes, and I always tell people like the sun, just like cliff notes, is your bones. It's who you are at your deepest level. It's your identity. The energy of your sun sign is sprinkled into everything that you do. It is you. It's the essence of you. The moon sign, again, it's your internal reality, what you need, how you express your feelings. And then the ascendant, the, ri the rising sign was the sign that was literally coming over the horizon at the moment of your birth. And in the east, coming over the eastern horizon at the moment of your birth. And so it was rising, you know. And so in the birth chart, it represents – it's like our skin. It's how we interact with the world, how the world interacts with us, whereas the sun is who we are at our deepest, most core level. The rising sign is kind of how we greet the world. It's our forward-facing personality. Mm. And we are a blend. You know, sometimes you'll see on – whatever, you'll see online. There's a lot of charlatans in the – you know, that just don't really know much. But – and there's so <laughs> many people that do – but they will say like, oh, your rising sign is just like the mask you wear. It No, it's you. It's just your your personality. It's what other people see of your personality. And so that would be the difference between the three. Mm, yeah. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. One more thing I wanted to ask before we kind of get into our own charts. We thought it would be really fun to look as an example for mm -hmm. our charts so we could actually talk about this in real, you know, not just hypothetical. We're actually yes. looking at a chart and we can explain what it means. You mentioned when a client says, oh, I'm going through my Saturn return, and you were like, I know all about Saturn return because I've been through one. Right. Can you explain a little bit about what a Saturn return is? And do you often see people taking like leaps of faith of travel during that time? Or is that a completely different time in someone's life? Okay. So Saturn is a planet that takes 29.5 years to go through every zodiac sign. So it's a, it's a slower moving planet. It's the last of the visible planets. You can't see any planet past Saturn. And so that kind of just is a descriptor of, of what it is because Saturn is about boundaries. It's literally the boundary of the, the visible, you know, planetary universe. And so in our lives, it represents the boundaries that 
we come up against. It represents boundaries that we create. It's hard structures, responsibility, maturity. Saturn is, I call him daddy Saturn. You know, yeah. it's like the authoritarian. It's the opposite of Jupiter in that Saturn wants us to look at things as they really are and not as we want them to be. You know, there are no rose-colored glasses. And so during the Saturn return, it happens between 28 and 30. And it's when Saturn returns to where it was when you were born. Mm. And it's a two and a half year transit because Saturn spends two and a half years in a sign and then it moves on. And we will have two Saturn returns in our lifetime, three if we live till our late 80s or, or you know, 90. And so the first Saturn return happens again between 28 and 30. And it's because Saturn is this planet that represents responsibility and facing reality. It's generally a period. It's the threshold from youth to adulthood. It's when we have to a, deal with the consequences of our actions. If we have been, you know, however many years taking care of business, if we have been doing our work and, you know, asserting ourselves in our relationships and allowing people people in to know us, but, you know, in sort of a healthy way, then we can benefit from those relationships we've formed. We can benefit from all the hard work that we've put in. But if not, you know, then we really have to face the reality and, and make the necessary changes. This episode is brought to you by Child & Company. Child & Company is South Florida's first family-friendly office space featuring private offices, a professional content creation studio, and childcare for hybrid work and work-from-home parents located in Boca Raton. Child & Company is founded on the belief that you shouldn't have to choose between raising a family and being career-driven. Their core mission is to create an environment where family and work can exist in harmony. The best part to me as a mom is that you can pop in and breastfeed your baby or have lunch with your toddler if you like, and then pop back into your office for your Zoom meeting, which I think is so key, especially for newborn moms going back to work. It's the perfect transition from emerging out of the newborn bubble and getting back to the business you love. Child & Company provides you the flexibility to work in a beautifully designed, ergonomic private office with insanely good Wi-Fi connection and soundproofing while just being steps away from your child. They have monthly themes that they base their lessons on, like in September, they are exploring the animals of the Amazon, which I obviously love when children get opportunities to learn more about the world and build a sense of curiosity. Child & Company offers weekly and monthly classes and events, like some beanie, music class for babies, mindful cooking for toddlers, big kid yoga, and mindful mama community events, and so much more. I've been a member since February 2023, utilizing their private offices and their professional content creation studio. Child & Company is where all of the magic happens for this podcast. Their beautiful recording studio is soundproofed with state-of-the-art equipment, microphones, lighting, and cameras. So you can record your podcast, course content, meditation clips, and anything else you might want to record for your business. The Child & Company team truly feels like family. They are an extension of my team over here at Rising Nature Retreats and the Transform with Travel podcast, as well as an extension of my own family. If you're local to Palm Beach and Broward County, do yourself a favor and check out Child & Company. Visit www.childandcompany.com or head over to Instagram at Child & Company. Saturn wants us to build a strong foundation in our lives. of, mm. And it's all-encompassing. It's money. It's our career path, our plans for the future, our relationships. So anything, any cracks in our foundations during the Saturn return, it becomes so glaring. Anything you've been sweeping under the rug or tolerating but not happy with, you got to deal with it. Mm. So some people experience the Saturn return quite nicely and some people don't. And oftentimes it's in the middle. You'd be doing really good in like, you know, a, f a few areas and then have to 
clean up messes in the other ones. And that's okay. I found a lot of times like the early adulthood milestones, the textbook ones will happen or be at least initiated, like started during the Saturn return, getting married, having kids, solidifying yourself in a job, beginning to save for retirement, like those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for your question on travel, the Saturn return is, it's different for everybody, but it tends to be a time where we're kind of battening down the hatches and doing the things that we have to do. And then the things that we want to do come after. Mm. So it depends, you yeah. know? Yeah. Cause I, I remember my Saturn return I, you know, I've, we've, I've always been big into travel and wanting to see the world. And I remember feeling such a push pull during that time. Cause yeah. my husband and I are just like, like just wanting to book a trip to Mexico and book this and book that, but we got a six month old, so we right. can't, or we're mm -hmm. renovating our house, so we can't. And it was just such this identity shift for us of like, mm -hmm. okay, this is the next stage in our life. And it's not that we can not ever travel again, because trust us, that won't ever happen. <laughs> but it was definitely a push pull in yeah. my mind. Like, where's that free spirit again? And that Saturn return was really forcing me to look at, mm -hmm. like you said, that cracks in that foundation or not even just so cracks, just like what do I need to do to build the next stage of my life so that I can enjoy that later, like you mentioned? That is so Saturn return. It's planning for the future. It's doing the responsible thing. Yeah. The responsible thing is maybe not spending X amount on going to, you know, Thailand. It's like, oh, we need a crib and we need to put money in our daughters. It, it, that's It's that. Yeah. It's like deal with the stuff you have to deal with first and then let's see what's left over, you know. And then that's very much like a, a great description of the Saturn mm -hmm. return. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. So – we are going to look at our charts. We are. So Zoe is pulling up my birth chart. She's taking a look at what it shows in my birth chart in terms of indicating either a life of travel or adventure or what certain times in my life might show that there's more travel than others, just to kind of show you how influential astrology can be or how it can almost just indicate where yeah. in your life you're going to have adventure or not. <laughs> it can, yeah. And it can show the possibilities for things, you know, if it's it, the likelihood. Right. There's more of a likelihood. Likelihood. Yes. And so the first thing that I noticed with your chart. So, of course, we want to look at the ninth house because the ninth house is the house of international travel. And so you have Aries ruling your ninth house. There's no planet in your ninth house, but that's OK, because we're never going to have a planet in every house in our charts, there's more houses than there are planets. So it's still active and we can still gain a lot of information from the ninth just by looking at the sign that rules it. So you have Aries, which is the initiator. It's taking chances. It's taking the risk. It's doing the thing in the ninth house. So it can be impulsive too. You know, maybe when you were younger, it's like, yeah, let's just do it. I don't care. Oh, uh, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> and you have a very strong Leo. So it's like, no one can tell you. Only you can be the authority on if you're going to to make the decision or not. And of course, this more like impulsive act first, think later when it comes to travel or making big decisions that cannot get much more tempered with time. Mm -hmm. But if you think about maybe, you know, when you started traveling, another thing is, of course, we're going to want to look at the planet that rules the ninth house to get to get us more information. So you have, of course, Mars is the ruler of your ninth. Where is it? You have Mars in Gemini uh, in trying to the moon. So you've lived abroad. Yes, right. Yes. OK. Yeah. Because having Mars as the ruler of the ninth house, uh, which is the house of international travel in trine, which is a flowing and harmonious aspect to the moon, which is the general signifier of the home. You could be a person that has a, and it's an air trine, which is kind of more like flowing mm -hmm. and fluid. 
you could have an easier time just picking up and leaving, yeah. you know, and saying goodbye yeah. to friends or goodbye to a place. And it's like, all right, I'll be back, I think, but yeah. I'm going to go do this yeah. thing now. Wow. Um, because Mars is like, among other things, it represents like it severs and separates. So sort of saying having an easier time, like picking up and returning or not, but just going. You know, when I saw that Mars trying the moon, I'm like, yeah, OK. Yeah, that's that's really crazy because, yes, we have lived abroad. We've oh, mm-hmm. lived in Australia. We've lived over in Thailand. It's it's also me and my husband talk about a lot. He's very similar, and I don't know what his chart says, but if something bad happens, like recently we had multiple water leaks in our house and yes. had to renovate our whole house, mm-hmm. immediately both of us were like, well, we're just going to move to Costa Rica. Like, it wasn't <laughs> even a question. It was like, okay, bye. Like, right. And right. so that is really crazy to me that that's actually showing in my chart that that tendency to want to just pick up and leave mm-hmm. is is showing there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Wow. And then I, I actually will we'll just pop over to mine because just to talk about the ninth house, right? Mm-hmm. So here's my ninth house. And so my ninth house is ruled by cancer. It's a sign that represents like things we want to nurture and protect and build structures around, right? So having cancer rule my ninth house, I want to nurture and protect and build structures around my ability to travel. Even in the beginning of this, you know, session, I said, I need a job. And I've always known this. I need a job that will allow me, afford me the ability to go. And Mm. I don't want somewhere where I sit in an office and I have to ask for my week off. I can't do that. So, and I always will make decisions about work based on that. So I want to nurture and protect my ability to travel. I also have Jupiter, which is the planet that is connected to travel, exploration, growth in Cancer in the ninth house. And actually Jupiter is the ruler of my second house of money. So where do I like to spend money? On travel. On travel. (laughs) On travel. Um, Yeah. And, and, and like, classes and courses because that's the ninth house too. And just to get a little bit deeper to talk about annual perfections. So when you are 28, you're in what's called a fifth house year. So that means that the topics of the fifth house tend to play a bigger role in your life. But annual perfections get uh, a lot deeper than that. It also activates any planets that are in that house, right? So my 28th year was very active because I have one, two, three planets in the fifth, including the ruler of my ninth house. So this wasn't the first time I ever traveled at 28, but it was the first time I traveled alone. I took the risk. I took the chance. And that was when that moon ruler of the ninth was activated. So that's like a kind of an indication of a transit or, you know, a predictive activation that if Mm -hmm. I would see somebody in either a ninth house year or in a fifth house year with the moon there ruling at the ninth, I'd say, you're going, you're going somewhere like you should. Wow. So it's yeah. it's like watching you even just like pointing to the different houses yeah. and the different lines equaling trines and conjunctions and squares and mm-hmm. everything. It's so much of a piecing of the puzzle of like the tapestry of someone's life yeah. and just asking questions like you said, like, oh, are, did you, you lived abroad, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, actually I did. It's not like psychic where it's like you are going to do this. You're just asking the questions to mm-hmm. kind of see where their life was and where it might be beneficial or easier for them to do something like it might be an easier year for let's say me like it might be an easier year for me to travel because of xyz it's not saying like i am going to travel it's just like this is going to be a really beneficial year for you to travel and i really love that that's the thing about astrology it tells you the possibilities and also where things could be a little bit more tricky and you should wait Mm -hmm. you know that's great for that too it's excellent for timing Timing, making uh, big decisions, initiating certain projects or, you know, new things. You can kind of look or consult an astrologer and say, like, when would be the best time for me to do this? And when should I just, like, back up and mm-hmm. relax and take a beat? So it's it's a really amazing self-reflective tool as well as 
because it can tell you a lot about your psyche and your your emotional state and who you are inside, but also like external stuff too. It can be really great at helping you plan. Yeah, I actually, this you're literally just ringing a bell in my head right now, but I remember when we had a session, I think it was early March this year, you yeah. did my transit chart and you were saying now is a very interesting time for you because people this year will start to see you at, in a different, not necessarily a different industry, but just start noticing the work that you've been doing mm -hmm. and and they might just be noticing your strengths and and what you're putting out in the world. And I think I asked you, like, I was like, oh, I think I want to put out a course. When would be a good time? And you said early September, it would be the best time to push something new out. And you want to know when this podcast, I mean, this will already have been live by then, but oh. it's launching to, on September 5th. And how oh. crazy is that? That it's not necessarily a course, but it is, you know, it's just like how nuts that like Definitely. you said that to me back in March and not once did I ever think I'd be creating a podcast this early at least. Yeah. And here we are. So, Well, you got the North Node in your ninth house, which is the house yes. of – How old are you? I am 31. You're 31. Ooh. Next year, the podcast will probably do even better because you're going to be in a ninth house here next year. Uh, it's like publishing – it doesn't have to be like, you know, an article. It can be like a, a podcast, getting your voice out to the wider world. But you you began to have eclipses. We had our first eclipse in Aries in April and the North Node is there now. Wow. Yeah. Everyone stay tuned for next year. Yeah. <laughs> Subscribe, rate and review. Right. Yes. Oh, that's so interesting. Awesome. All right. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Is there anything else that you would want to share in terms of astrology or travel or just anything that's like on your mind before we wrap up? There was a point I wanted to get to that I didn't. Yeah. Just to say that the beautiful thing about travel, I'm real keyed up on travel because I'm leaving for Europe on Monday. Yeah, I'm so are. excited. But I was just chatting with my friends the other day and talking about how as an adult, you often don't do things for the first time. Mm. You know, it's things get kind of uh, routine and you've lived enough where it's things aren't don't feel super new and and fresh all the time but travel is something where it makes me feel so alive and it gives me the ability even until I'm old to do to go to a place to eat food to have an experience that I've never had before and I just think that is the most one of the most amazing exciting exhilarating things about travel is that it makes me feel present and alive and and like I'm doing things I've never done before and it just feels so exciting. Yeah. yeah. And and you mentioned and you're 80 years old or, you know, like yeah. and looking back and and these types of experiences are going to stick out in your mind oh, yeah. more vividly because they're novel, because they're new and you're taking in so many different sensory. Like I how I don't know for you, but for me at least the days when I'm traveling seem so long. Oh I'm my like, God, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? It's only 3 p.m. I've done like 5 million things. And yeah. even if you're just reading a book in your villa or you're having a cup of coffee at a cafe, like time seems to slow down a little bit because you're taking in so many bits of information. Right. And that's the beauty of being able to go somewhere new. Yeah. Yeah. And like take that sense of adventure, not just Actually, this is a question I wanted to ask was um, what I was about to say is taking that sense of adventure and bringing it back home because not not everyone can just hop on a plane and go to Europe whenever they want. And how do we bring this adventure at home? I, I did want to ask at the end of your trip of six weeks, how did that affect your relationships, not just with your boyfriend, but with family, with clients, like whatever that looked like for you because you were such a vastly different person from start mm. to finish just six weeks. How did that change for you when you came back home? I felt extremely liberated and, and empowered. And I actually, I mean, I was, me and my boyfriend had broken up and I was so devastated about it. And that's actually what kind of like 
propelled me. Uranus, without my knowledge, but but my but the thought was like, you know, screw it. I'm going. I'm going to get over this guy. And I did. And I felt totally like, I don't need him. You know, I don't need him. And then, of course, that's when they come back. So we did. But <laughs> I felt really like I really was over it. You know, I was really over it. And I, I switched fellowships from AA to NA. I made a bunch of new friends. I got really deep into Buddhism and Hinduism and all the sort of like Eastern religions. And I started really studying astrology. So it it did kind of change my outlook. So that was 28. And then when I was 30, I was 29. I started my astrology business. That was in 2020, the first part of 2020, I was 29. You know, so it was, I think, kind of taking that risk-taking or stepping out into a new experience, trying something different, giving myself, like having the ability to, to fail, right? I could have gone to Europe and hated it, but I did it anyway and I loved it. I could have started this business and failed, but I did it anyway and it's thriving. So I think making, being able to kind of like have the experience of like, oh, I did this really, you know, foreign new thing last year, a year and a half ago, and it went well. So let me try it this time. So I think it it definitely changed the way that I interact with people because like I said, I'm a person who is very, and I still struggle with this, but I'm very like, I'm holding on to things. If something's good, I'm like, when's it going to go bad? You know, and uh, just really clinging to everything. And I think even though I still do struggle with that, I can think back or read back over my notebook and be like, yeah, things are temporary and it's cool. Something that's, you know, I had some weird experiences in where like I booked a hostel and it wasn't, I was really excited for it, but it didn't work out and all this stuff. But it, but it, it worked out, yeah. you know, and it was all part of the larger plan. And so when I get really crazy and in my head about things, like everything has to stay this way or I'm going to lose my mind. It's like, that's not true, Zoe. You know, that's not true because you can pull on your past experience. You know? 100%. And another guest that we had, Kelly Fisher on episode two, I believe. She talks about pocketing experiences mm. for future, for future Kelly, for yeah. future Zoe, so that when things do get hard or you are like, I need to have certainty. I don't know. I yeah. don't know where this is going to go. I don't know about X, Y, Z. And being able to go back into your back pocket, pull out that experience and be mm-hmm. like, wait, do you remember when this worked out? Do you remember when this worked out? Over and over and over again. So right. it's such a cool way of looking at not just travel and getting to see the world, but like really investing in your own personal development for the future you to be able to pull back on. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> that experiential learning and knowledge that you get for me, it's much more affecting than something I read in a book. And I love to read and I love to read self-help books and but to get out in the world and like do it, you know, is the, and that's, and it really is linked between that just travel in general, but that big trip and starting my business because they felt similar. It was like, whatever, like, let's just do it. Let's see what happens. You know, I love this. Let me invest in this. And that both of them paid off. You really did. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been so, so happy to talk to you today. Mm-hmm. I end every episode. I'll give you a little bit of time at the very end to shout out all your Insta and TikTok and websites, okay. whatever it is. But at the very end of the episodes, I like to do four rapid fire questions. Ooh. So Number one is if you could only go back to one country, town, place in the world, where would it be and why? Lisbon, Portugal, because the food is great. The people are amazing and beautiful. I love the um, entertainment and I just feel good when I'm there. I feel the best when I'm there. I always have really synchronistic experiences. Oh, man. I'm so excited. We're going to Portugal next year on a retreat. So we're doing Rising Nature retreats there in May next year. So I'm excited for that. Um, and then number two is what's number one on your bucket list right now? 
for places to go? Any Anything. Business, relationship, travel, whatever it is. Number one on my bucket, bucket list. I definitely want to go to Thailand and Vietnam for sure. I want to get published in a major magazine and be flown out to L.A. to do an event. Yeah, All right. I'm manifesting that, Let's baby. Let's do it. I love it. <laughs> and write a book. Awesome. An astrology book. Yeah. I will read that book. Thank you. <laughs> and then number three is what has been one of the biggest life lessons that you've had while traveling? What has been one of the biggest life lessons that I've had while traveling? I guess the, oh, life lesson. Money isn't that important. You can travel with not a lot of money. I don't need to have that much money. I can have a beautiful experience not spending that much. And everything is temporary, but it's okay. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's really important for people to remember is, is yes, you need to have some yes, money to get from point A to point B, but I think there's so many ways to get creative about it. And 1, there's so many ways to just, you know, do it and figure it out as you go and yeah, yeah get creative. You don't have to stay at the resort. Exactly. You don't have to go to all the, you know, get food on from a sidecar on the street tends to be really good. Live where the locals live or stay where the locals stay. Do walking tours. You yeah. can do so much with so little. Yeah. Amazing. And then the last one is what is one piece of advice that you'd give to an aspiring explorer? Oh, it sounds corny, but just like book the trip. Yeah. That's what Lauren, Lauren Walsh, my travel fairy godmother, I love you so much. She got so annoyed with me. I'm calling her and texting her. Which She's like, just book it. Just book it and think about it later. Yeah. Get your bag and your passport and book the flight. And Literally, that was that's the push it. that you needed. That was the push that I needed. Book the flight. I love it. So just do it and also get a travel fairy godmother. Yes, definitely. <laughs> get a Lauren. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much. Can thank you share you. how people can connect with you online? Yes. So I'm mainly on Instagram and TikTok, both the same handle, Zoe Flow Astro. I'm sure you'll you'll write it in, yeah, the, show notes. in yeah. the show notes. Yeah. And if you want to book a session with me, you can do it through the link in my bio of both of those both of those social media pages, or you can write me an email at triplegoddessastrology222 at gmail.com. It's a long email. They won't let me change. <laughs> I didn't know it was so long. And yeah, I mean, I do what I do for work is every day or five days a week. I do one-on-one -on -one client sessions and do readings, which is like my favorite thing to do. And yeah, book a session with me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I'm I'm so excited for our listeners to Me just too. learn from your stories and learn about more about astrology and how they can look in their own charts yeah. and see what's indicated for them. And I just really appreciate your time for meeting me here in Boca. And I'm sure this won't be the last time that we have you here to share your story. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kelly. Yeah. This has been great. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Transform with Travel podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of inspiration, adventure, and exploration. If you felt inspired by this episode, please rate and review in whatever streaming app you're listening from. This allows us to spread the word even more and continue to serve up weekly doses of adventure. As always, we'd love if you could share the episode with someone in your life who you think will benefit from this conversation. Thanks so much for listening. This is your reminder to get out there and keep on exploring.